This episode of Vegas Revealed is sponsored by Targeted Tax Relief. Whether you're someone who has the IRS on your back because of owed taxes or an accountant or CPA with clients who have tax issues, Targeted Tax Relief can help. These tax professionals specialize in resolving really tough issues with the IRS. In fact, at Targeted Tax Relief, they are enrolled agents who can directly negotiate with the government on your behalf to come up with a debt resolution settlement. Do you or your clients need peace of mind and the IRS to lay off? Call Tracy and her team over at Targeted Tax Relief today. The number is 888-843-4113. You'll get a free consultation, but you have to call 888-843-4113. An operator is standing by 24 hours a day to take down your information. It's confidential and secure. Call now or go to targetedtaxrelief.com. It's Vegas Revealed, episode 105, and let's get right to the big news this week. Masks will no longer be required in public places. We get into all of it coming up. And Las Vegas' hometown band, The Killers, set a show on the Strip for the first time in years. Plus, all you Vegas diehards, we have a new podcast that you'll want to add to your favorites. Sin City, City of Lights. The city of second chances, Las Vegas, it goes by a lot of names. A glittering palace in the desert. Some might see it as soulless. America's adult playground, a place for debauchery, for throwing away your money. Our interview with the host, Brent Holmes, coming up. There's a lot to pack in there, so Sean? What, should I spin the wheel? Please do. Welcome to Vegas Revealed, episode 105. We are headed into Super Bowl weekend. Uh, Sean McAllister here with Dana Roselli. And Dana, you know, um, there's some weeks when we're out at restaurants, at show openings, like doing all the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's other weeks when you find yourself, like, just doing life. Like adulting. Like adulting. (laughs) We bought a P.O. box this week, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I was like... I have never gone through this process. And, like, I feel like I don't really utilize the post office much anymore, do you? No, (laughs) not at all. So we were like, how do you buy a P.O. box? (laughs) Anyway, we went through the process. We paid our $211 for the year. I went and picked up the keys. And, Sean, we got a post office box that is at the front of the post office. And the woman... That gave us the keys was like, oh, you got one toward the front. You're so lucky. Prime real estate. So in true Vegas style, she said, oh, yeah, it's just a random, like, you know, like coin toss. (laughs) Like bingo balls coming out of the bin. And so you never know where you're going to get. And you really lucked out. And I thought, wow, we're, we're, you know, living it up. Look at us getting a prime (laughs) P.O. box. Yeah, so we got our keys. We've been adulting all week, doing things like that. But work-wise, last night, we were out pretty much all night with Sammy Hagar. We were. His show at the Strat is back, and that was really fun. But, you know, folks that had drinks in their hands didn't have to have a mask on, but everyone else did. But we didn't know that was going to be the last time ever. Like well, the last show, probably. I said ever. I should I? Well, not ever, but <laughs> it was the last back. show before... Our governor of Nevada announced that there are no more mask mandates in our state. I feel like we need to hear this clip again. Roll it. Now is the appropriate time for me to announce that Nevada will rescind our mask mandate. 
effective immediately. That's just music to your ears, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I have not met one person personally. I have heard people on Twitter uh, feel differently. I don't know anyone that isn't over it. (laughs) They had their season. They did. But the time has come and gone. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, we're in the gone period of that (laughs) mask phase. So, yeah, we want to put that big bulletin out there. So here's the deal. You don't have to wear a mask anymore indoors. You can come and visit Las Vegas and enjoy mask-free. Our kids and teachers... Uh, Here in the school district, do not need to wear a mask anymore either. This all effective immediately. So come visit us. Come visit us. You still have to wear a mask on the plane, but that's okay. You do. And uh, the Golden Knights, our NHL hockey team, they put out a statement that uh, masks are no longer uh, required for Mm -hmm. people who go and see those games because individual businesses and entities are allowed to still enforce their own mask policy, but there's no statewide mandate for it anymore. Uh, Luke Bryan, uh, he spoke out after uh, the mask mandate was lifted, and he said, hey, I love it. Now everybody can come and laugh, sing, and drink beer without something in front of their face. So you and I are going to Luke Bryan and the VIP party, and we don't have to wear a mask on Friday. It's going to be like the first big concert that we've been to where it's not required. I don't have to hold it. I don't have to put it in my bag (laughs) and then just sit there and think, well, this is getting dirtier. As I put it everywhere, then, you know, if I didn't have it on at all. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's going to be great. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I think last time when we had that little month where we didn't have to wear a mask, I know that all of us talked about, like, whenever you walk in somewhere without a mask, you feel almost like you're breaking a law now. Yes. You know, it's like we got to get used to it again. Well, I guess, you know, Vegas used to be a, a an old west town full of outlaws, so it's going to return to those times where everyone feels like an outlaw. I know. You know, I have seen a lot of notices going around, people saying, well, some people may choose to wear a mask still. Please don't make fun of them. Don't give them a hard time. Let them be. It's their choice. It's true. If you want to still wear a mask, wear your mask. Like... We shouldn't judge, like, everyone's personal preference. Now it's a choice. It really is now a choice. It is a choice. And I'll tell you what, I think now that people have gotten used to having masks as part of everyday life, like, if I feel like I'm getting a cold or, you know, just a Mm. little under the weather in any way, like, I'm... I'm going to reach for the mask as a courtesy to other people I might encounter where, you know, before this, before March of 2020, Mm -hmm. you know, if I was, I know that, you know, in the news business, if you're feeling sick, there's a lot of pressure to still have to go in and do your job. I went to work sick more times than I can count. Right. And I wasn't wearing a mask Mm -hmm. because it was before the mask stuff. But now I will be much more conscious of yeah. that and conscious of, you know, the the courtesy sure. that it pays to others. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, do your thing, everyone. But come enjoy. We, it's right before um, Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. uh, which, you know, our sports books will be busy. And then Valentine's Day, we have lots of folks in town for that. So, I mean, it's, it's great timing. And um, let's just hope it doesn't come back. 
like, and go to our uh, Instagram pages and like the the reel that we put out. <laughs> yeah, we did. I, I showed up to your house and I was like, we have to make a reel ASAP. I already did my part before I got in the elevator in hopes of the mask coming off. And then I was like, Sean, we need to do your part now. Um, so it's funny. And lots of reaction on Twitter and everyone's two cents. But I think for the most part, the overall vibe is people are relieved. And speaking of masks, I went to see Carrot Top the other day. Oh, how was it? <laughs> so good. You know, and he did a little uh, stroll through the audience with like holding a piece of plexiglass in front of him. It was <laughs> like so a, funny. Like one of the desk divider things. Yes, <laughs> I was cracking up. So I hadn't seen him, you know, since uh, COVID started. So I was like, I don't want to say excited for his COVID jokes, but I kind of was. <laughs> but I wanted to see what he had going. And, you know, he was funny as usual. He's been 16 years at the Luxor. Um, and he's just... Full of laughs from beginning to end. You you don't stop laughing. His props are on point. He's got a couple little political bits in there, polit- you know, for everyone that hits on every person. And and he's got some COVID jokes in there. And he, um, you know, just talks about, obviously, a lot of current events. He's always finding a new prop that goes with whatever the hot topic is of the week, really, up he, to the minute. I mean, his... His brain, I would love to be in there and <laughs> and see what his thought process is like. But I just saw somebody else. I'm, I can't think of who right now who just uh, posted that they went to see Carrot Top and said, you know what? I forgot how freaking funny Carrot Top is. He really is. His demeanor, everything yes. is so funny. He's great. And he tries out new props and he, he always makes fun of like himself and his ideas too, which is part probably the bit, but it's still funny. When they'll be like, okay, well, I guess you didn't like that one. I really thought that was the best one. All right, I worked really hard on that. <laughs> you know, and then he'll throw it back in the, in the box. But it is a different show every time you go because of it the is. audience interaction, right? Totally, totally. This guy showed up in the audience and he was like, I have a question. And Carrot Top was like, all right, I don't usually take questions, but you know, and then he played off this guy the whole time. It was so much fun. If you get a chance to see Carrot Top, I bring friends all the time and they go, oh, really, Carrot Top? They go, the 1-800-COLLECT guy? Remember those commercials? Oh, my God, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why well, do we see Carrot Top on, you know, shows and stuff? But is his show? I'm like, yes, you have to. And they leave a huge Carrot Top fan. And There's a reason he's been here for 16 years. True. Very, very true. So I enjoyed that. Uh, you were in Nashville or Nash Vegas. Yes, Nash Vegas. That's what everybody kept saying. They're like, yeah, welcome to Nash Vegas, Nash <laughs> Vegas. And I was like, listen, there were a group of like 24 of us. And we we're like, no, we're from Vegas, so we came to, for Nashville. Right. We didn't come for Nash Vegas. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, everybody kept saying that. Um, it was a great time. We had. Uh, it, it was there for a friend's birthday. Um, did a lot of fun stuff. Went to Justin Timberlake's place. Got the. Good treatment his over place? there. Like you, you hung out at his house? No, well, no, not his house. <laughs> okay. I was like, wait, my ears just perked up. He's got like a restaurant, <laughs> oh, okay. honky tonky kind of oh, interesting kind of place. JT, huh? yeah, it was. All right, it's great. Okay, so good. Um, but getting there was a little bit of an issue. Uh, we flew southwest and got stuck in Denver. It was one of those connections where you don't get off the plane. Oh. It's supposed to just be a, a quick yeah. switch and then you're on your way. Well, it was not a quick switch. We sat there for four hours at the gate. They had lots of 
I can't even begin to oh get gosh. into the issues, but they were issues that I've never experienced before. And no alcohol? And no alcohol. <laughs> however, however. However. Here is the light at the end of the tunnel. While we were sitting there, and this was last, I guess, last Thursday, mm-hmm. a week or so ago, uh, they did get on. One of the flight attendants got on and said, listen, we've got nothing to give you right now, but if you fly with us again... Starting on February 16th, we will be serving alcohol again. Wow. Southwest Airlines, February 16th, 2022. That is the day the alcohol okay. came back. I'm still sitting here thinking about you were sitting there for four hours. Oh, my God. I it can't was, get off. Four hours it is was a awful. flight to New York. Like, it was wait, awful. What did you do? Like, and I don't, I've never even heard of, that's crazy. Why couldn't you get off the plane? Because it, there were issues with like headcounts and the weight balance of the plane, it was it was a thing, and wow, okay, so got it. It was a thing. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Austin, and <laughs> we we canceled because of the ice storm that Austin got. We thought, eh, let's go like another time when the weather's nicer. We went to we're going to visit our friend, and I really want to experience Austin, Texas. You know the way I'm supposed to experience it. But I love just canceling the flight. And it going into my little pot of money in Southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, Southwest recognized that it was a m- bad, messy situation. Right. And the captain even said it was an embarrassment right. for all of them. Um, they preemptively uh, gave us uh, flight credits that essentially made it a, almost a free flight. Good. So good. they Southwest did their part to make things right. All right, good. I like that. Well, it was freezing in Nashville. I couldn't go to oh, Austin so because cold. of the ice storm, but it's 70 degrees this week in Las Vegas. Hello. I love it. Roselli's over here already getting her tan on. <laughs> I laid out yesterday. Do you see my, I have a little glow. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get, it's time, man. Oh, it's time. It's, it's warm amazing. out. It's perfect. Remember, it's perfect. Remember, I think it was like November. On, here on the podcast, when we said it's like the end of pool season, things mm-hmm. are shutting down. Yeah. Now we're in February, and pool season's about to kick back it's up. Crazy, right? There's like pool auditions at all the hotels, and I mean, you name it. They're get we're gearing up for pool season. It's it going to be a great Super Bowl weekend, isn't it? It is. It's going to be uh, people will be able to cook out, which always adds to your home yep. Super Bowl party. And then what we talked about last week with uh, Derek Stevens over at Circa, and you know the new stadium swim having a huge Super Bowl party. I mean, Stadium Swim is going to be packed with people in that pool. Because you're going to want to be outside. Yeah. A lot of casino properties have indoor uh, Super Bowl viewing parties mm-hmm. in the ballrooms and you know yeah. in their big event spaces. But being outside this year is going to be the best place to be. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So uh, yeah, I'm going over my friend Rocco and Maddox on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. A little shout out to them. They always host us when there's we want to watch a lot of things, you know, all together. But I'm going to tell them you got to open up those patio doors and and turn on the pool because yeah. I am ready for maybe to dip my feet in on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> but real quick, Dana, something I want to mention on Friday, uh, we are going to see Luke Bryan's debut over at Resorts World. So that's. 
looking to be a great show. He just did uh, an interview on GMA and said that he's so excited to be here. He's been here for a week rehearsing, getting the show ready, and said it's just going to be one big country party. Right. I can't wait uh, for us to see that. And I'm excited. I haven't been to the theater yet. I know you have to see Katy Perry. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to Katy Perry in March. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the theater and the whole experience. It's a Friday night. So, you know, it'll be fun. And, you know, when this podcast drops, we have our, we will have already seen it to the night before, but we can't talk about it because we're shooting ahead until next week. So we'll have all the details for you. Well, from live entertainment up on stage to the entertainment right in the palm of your hand on your favorite podcasting app, there is a podcast called Spectacle that is focusing its new season all on Las Vegas, our favorite topic. Mm -hmm. New episodes have just launched, and we're talking with host Brent Holmes today. First, we want to play a little clip of the trailer. It goes by a lot of names. A glittering palace in the desert. Some might see it as soulless. America's adult playground. A place for debauchery. For throwing away your money. Blackjack! So what are you going to Vegas for? You gonna win? I'm gonna dance. For getting a quickie wedding by Elvis. With this bling, I promise all my love, baby. I promise all my life. And I promise to never leave you at the Heartbreak Hotel. But there's a lot more to Vegas than meets the eye. For nearly a century, it's been America's sideshow, a no-judgment zone. People who didn't smoke cigars, smoke cigars. People who didn't gamble, gamble. People who didn't see shitty impressionists went to see shitty impressionists. The podcast sounds so good. Brent lives in Las Vegas, and he has for quite some time. He joins us now. Hey, Brent, how you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we love that we're all in Las Vegas, so we've got a lot of Las Vegas to discuss. And we are also uh, all lovers of the city of Las Vegas. Where did that love and passion start for you? Wow. Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I think um, I came here in 2001, and I really think it began with understanding the environment surrounding the city, understanding the desert, a lot of hikes at beautiful places like Red Rock, um, Valley of Fire, so on and so forth. And then um, once you start to really engage the culture of the city, the people in the city, what the city can provide and how it's, you know, got a really great small town feeling if you're a local, but has all the, you know, wonderful aspects of, a larger city, a larger metropolitan area, or at least most of them. Uh, I think that those are things that I've really come to love and enjoy. And of course, the people, I think Las Vegans have a specific attitude and a specific outlook on life that's really pleasant and compelling. Yeah, I mean, we always say we, friends that leave, they always end up coming back when they move away, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't, and you also, you can't, like, let's be honest here, you, you know, you go to a great town like LA or Houston or even New York and you know, everything closes at 10 o'clock and you can't beat that, you know. know. So it's interesting. So you decided uh, for your podcast, which is a documentary style, it's called Spectacle, and you're focusing all on Las Vegas this season. So why did you choose Las Vegas? Obviously, you just mentioned kind of some of the reasons, but you wanted to really dig deeper. Yeah, well, Las Vegas is an incredibly symbolic city for how America filters its desires, right? Um, we personify 
uh, or city sonify. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> it um, is now. I like it. Um, you know, these, these notions of, of American consumption, but also what we see as pleasurable, what we see as taboo, how we view entertainment. Um, the culture at large is really, you know, very reflective of the city of Las Vegas. So in spectacle, we're looking at how Las Vegas holds up a mirror to a lot of cultural aspects of the United States, uh, whether it be race or romantic, you know, love and marriage or sex work or entertainment, you know, it, it's just, that's how it, that, that, and, and we really reflect those things, I think, incredibly well, more than other other cities in America. There's some kind of distillation here. Yeah. And I feel like uh, your podcast is a fantastic companion to what Dana and I talk about here on Vegas Revealed. We give, you know, kind of the headlines and update what's going on now, but you're kind of digging deeper and getting to the roots of how we got to these headlines over the years. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're analyzing, um, you know, mostly through pop cultural tropes so that, that, larger and broader audiences have an identifier. Um, you know, we're using cinema, we're using, we're using television, um, we're using books to show people different eras and aspects of Las Vegas that can tell us how the city evolved and changed over time. And I think you guys do a great job of doing how the city is evolving and changing in real time, you know? Mm, right. So. So, I mean, we were looking at uh, the different topics that you're going to dive into. Um, do you do you have a favorite episode? Um, I was looking at you're going to be talking about, you know, what Vegas tells us about marriage, uh, what casino, the iconic movie tells us about the mob. I mean, you've got all sorts of different topics. Why don't you run through some of your favorites and let people know what you're going to have on your show? Well, I, I love the marriage episode. We've got, you know, the obligatory Elvis impersonating uh, uh, priest. Uh, we have we have a conversation about how Las Vegas really established the idea of the quickie wedding and how that really reflects on how the United States uh, deals with marriage at this point, which I think is, is, a, is a much more um, flexible thing than it was. And I think Las Vegas was early onto that trend, like, hey, let's get married. Okay, great. Let's do it. And then, you know, we also, the state of Nevada is also one of the founding states for rapid divorces and easy divorces. And, and, that became a real tourism generator. Uh, I absolutely adore uh, the first episode where we just, we talked to Penn Jillette about what makes Las Vegas different. And that's a lot of fun. And he has so many great insights. And um, the, the fourth episode coming up, we're going to be talking about the historic West Side and the Moulin Rouge and um, some of Las Vegas's Black history and how the city of Las Vegas dealt with segregation and how that reflected on entertainment. And I think those are all really incredible topics to focus on for an episode. Um, yeah. And and I know, touching on the Moulin Rouge, I know over the years there have been uh, developers who've had plans to bring the Moulin Rouge mm -hmm. back. Are, are you touching on any of that? Or are you focusing on the, the history of the Moulin Rouge and how it's gotten us to where we are now? We're going to be talking about the history of the Moulin Rouge, um, how... Um, how segregation functioned in Las Vegas and, and how Las Vegas has dealt with the fact that, you know, Nat King Cole, Sammy Davis Jr., great black entertainers were welcome to play here, but they weren't welcome to stay here. And that's a big conversational topic about how America deals with African-Americans being so prominent within entertainment, but 
black people in general not necessarily being treated very well by state authorities or uh, uh, by larger cultural and social forces. We do speak about some of the development aspects around the Moulin Rouge and people always wanting to bring it back, but we also, you know, and we do take a critical eye here and, and look at this as a, a cultural failure. I, you know, I don't, I don't see how you can, can view the Moulin Rouge lot lying empty and degenerating for that many years with so much promise to it uh, as anything else, but a uh, shortcoming on behalf of both the city and the people of Las Vegas. True. Yeah. What do you think about the label of Sin City? It's interesting. When I moved here in 2004, um, I worked for a TV station and we were told, do not call it Sin City. That is not, it cannot be written in your script. We do not call it that. Uh, but it's interesting because that has also been something that has brought so many visitors to Las Vegas and such a huge part of our tourism. What do you think about the label? Well, I mean, I think the label Sin City is wonderful and hilarious, right? We're not any more um, truly debaucheristic or sinful than any other town in this country. Uh, you know, from my perspective, from living here for 20 years, um, we are a little more liberal when it comes to what people, uh, how people meet their desires. But really, these are all marketing aspects of a city that is valuable based almost purely on its ability to seduce people from outside of it, right? We, we're we're ex almost exclusively an ex a tourist city. That's our, our our primary industry. That's our main industry. We we don't we don't produce that much else. We are a service economy based city. So we attach sin to it, or um, you know what happens in in Vegas stays in Vegas. All of those all those strange catchphrases. I, I, but I think the term should should come back on some level or another and be used more prominently. It's a lot of fun. It's 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 silly though, right? I mean, I think it's silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we were just yeah. chatting the other day saying what happens in Vegas, you know, stays in Vegas is really, it's the line that just has worked. It just yeah. works. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's interesting because we, we're appealing to people that are trying to escape their day-to-day -day lives and the, their perceived constraints of, you know, social constraints within their towns or their cities or whatever places. And, and we appeal to that by saying, hey, we're Las Vegas. We'll keep your secrets. Right. Um, you can you can do whatever you want and enjoy it however you like. And we'll keep your secrets. That's where the Sin City line comes from. That's where what happens here stays here comes from. So America has some kind of great fundamental trust in <laughs> Las Vegas to accommodate its, uh, you know, furtive desires. And as you look at how Las Vegas has evolved as a city and as a destination. Um, w when you look at the changes that have happened here over the years, are there certain changes that you see as good and certain things that maybe you would throw over into the con category? Of course. I mean, every city comes with its pros and cons. We're in the big middle of a big upheaval right now, right? Um, we're having another major migration into the city. It's affecting us economically. I know as somebody that's lived here for 20 years um, that the, the change financially in what things cost, not just because of inflation, but because of new people coming from coming and working remotely here, it's certainly having a major effect on how I'm living my life. I think, you know, this city has always, always tried to, to bend with what people want. And that's what's fascinating about it at the 
at the end of the day, yeah, there's, there's some terrible things. We, we, we don't have a really effective school system because the city doesn't uh, need to invest in a school system. It needs a service economy workforce, and you don't necessarily need to be going to Harvard for that, right? We, we certainly are not great in the arts, but in the same right, we are the most ethnically diverse city in America. We're the least redlined city in America. We're, we, we do have the most you know, fully employed and able-bodied um, high school graduates in the country, which, you know, as much as you people talk about brain drain or, or professionalism or whatever, I mean, that, there's, that's an important place to provide for people that maybe never have the opportunity to get a better education. Those, those things are crucial. We have, we have to look at those things on both sides. And yeah, I mean, the thing that scares me the most right now, water, right? I think everybody's yeah. a little bit more concerned about water. Um, and, and, but, but again, we are the technological leader in the United States for water conservation. We're, we're, we're hand and fist above every other city in the country. And, and we understand how to reclaim it and operate it better. And that's something that we're going to have to look at as a nation in the future. Well, and what do you think? I mean, now with, after, you know, I, I'd like to say we're post pandemic, but you know, we're still moving along with that. But do you think that has changed? It's going to change um, how visitors play in Vegas, how tourists come to Las Vegas, or is it a, what do you think is going to be different about Las Vegas since the, over the last two years? Do you see anything changing? Did you talk to anyone in the series about, you know, what's going to be different now? We, we haven't gotten that's Those are our, our last two episodes. We're going to be looking um, more future facing, and we're certainly going to have to have a couple of conversations, but we, we haven't completed those episodes yet. So um, we haven't spoken to anyone directly Right now, I haven't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to say we're post-pandemic too. I think everybody would yeah. like to say we're post-pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, next weekend we can get yeah. uh, very in Zeta Vaughn, right? Yeah, let's and, just and, put this in the rear view, please. Zeta Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think in that aspect, Las Vegas wants to change fundamentally. We want people out drinking, gambling, partying, and, and having a good time and eating in restaurants. That's what we do. That's what we do better than any other city in the country. What I think is interesting is the longer conversation about gaming and that that's a general, that actually seems to be a generational habit, uh, a generational uh, joy and that gaming is in decline. And what does Las Vegas do? Because this is what Las Vegas has always done. We've always shifted. We've always gotten, you know, a facelift just so America will kiss us again. Right. And so how, what's, what's the next, what's the next major operation? Um, how are we going to adjust to that? As far as the pandemic goes, I mean, I think it hurt a lot of people. I think it made the strip really interesting for a little while. I've, I've never seen it empty before. Um, but I hope we get back to whatever business as usual is with maybe a greater mind as a city towards diversifying our economy because a, another event like that could be catastrophic. Yeah. I think that was one of the really hot topics that came out when we were in the midst of the shutdown. Everyone was like, we've got to have more industries here. But yeah, hospitality yeah. and entertainment, you, you think that they're not going away until they do. Yeah. And then there's a major red flag that's waving and we need to figure out what to do. Uh, we're really looking forward to sitting down and listening to each episode of Spectacle with your focus on Las Vegas. Available on all podcasting platforms, right? Absolutely. Uh uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, or you can just go straight to Neon Hum Media and click on um, click on Spectacle. I'm super excited to get to talk about a city that I think 
uh, we can all agree that we love and enjoy. Brent Holmes, thank you so much. Thank you. It really does sound like such a fascinating podcast. Again, episode one features a great conversation in depth with Penn Jillette, longtime Las Vegas entertainer. Again, you can hear Spectacle Las Vegas on your favorite podcasting platform. All right, let's do some tips. All right, and Dana, we love to really put it out there when there are great ways to get around Las Vegas and navigate the things that are so fun to see and do. In downtown Las Vegas, talking about like the Fremont Street area, uh, there's a new stop on the downtown loop. And the downtown loop is a free shuttle service that uh, goes to a bunch of different spots all in the downtown area. But the new stop is for Brewery Row. And we know, we've talked to the mayor before about Brewery Row. She's oh, ex- she she lights up like a Christmas tree. She loves that Brewery Row, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when we say Brewery Row, it's a bunch of breweries in a row on the main, on main Street, basically. And so now, yeah, this shuttle has added a stop to Brewery Row, which I think is such a great idea. It really is. Some great new spots that have opened up in downtown. Uh, the Brewery Row stop is in addition to Circa Las Vegas, the Strat, Symphony Park, City Hall, the National Museum of Organized Crime and Law Enforcement. Um, And if you want any more details about the stops or when and where you can catch the downtown loop, it's super easy just to download the Go Vegas app from the App Store or on your Android at Google Play. Perfect. And today I'm actually going on a shoot for the Vegas On Show that we are a part of now that you can see at visitlasvegas.com and doing a piece on Brewery Row. So that'll be in like episode three at some point. And yours is coming up too with the behind the scenes of the Bellagio Fountains. Can't wait to see that. Again, it's visitlasvegas.com. And I know, Dana, a lot of people have played beer Olympics, but the real Olympics, the Winter Olympics are going on right now. And there's an interesting Vegas tie. Well, there is. And it's funny because a lot of people, when they watch the Winter Olympics, always say, how is curling a sport and what is it, right? Well, I did, love watching it. I know. Well, did you know we have a curl club really? in Las Vegas? Yes. Uh, went out to eat with my friend Carla Welga, who is part of Curl Vegas. Huh. And they have a club with a lot of members, actually, and they they go and they do curling. <laughs> and basically, she was saying, you know, they do it inside an ice rink, and they're looking for, like, a home because she was saying the difference between, you know, an ice skating arena and, and curling is you need really smooth, even ice for curling. So apparently it's hard to get that by just being inside a rink that's used for skating even though hmm. they come out with the zamboni and they smooth it over it's still there's little bumps and stuff so right. even though they're able to do it there um they're trying to like do more with this club they want to you know teach youth they want people to come out they said it's a fun couples event it's uh fun for families and so they wanted just everyone to know that they exist it's curlvegas.com okay curlvegas.com there's all sorts of information there you can go. You can also donate to help them try and get a home, a permanent home for Curl Vegas. Very cool. Yeah. I'd like to try out to be a sweeper. She said we can come do it whenever we want. Oh, I good. Thought, yeah. I, was I like, have ah. a feeling it's a lot harder than it looks. Oh, you definitely. <laughs> I'm not sure I see myself curling in the near future. <laughs> well, I curl my hair. I got to go curl my hair because I have an appointment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're off to Brewery Row. Hey, we want to do a big thanks again to Brent Holmes, the host of Spectacle Las Vegas 
the podcast that you can find on any podcasting platform. And of course, you can hear Vegas Revealed on any podcasting platform as well. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, Targeted Tax Relief. Now's the time to get all your finances figured out. Take that burden off your shoulders. TargetedTaxRelief.com. All sorts of information there. Sign up for a free consultation. Episode 106 next week. We'll be back. Let's get away.